Hello, Team NXT. Thank you for joining me once again. I am C.D. Danny Mac, bringing you episode 63 of the Undisputed Future Podcast. And this week is a revolutionary week, no matter how you feel about it. It's the first full NXT television episode of Tommaso Ciampa as NXT Champion. And I'll get to my personal opinions on the title recap, but first... I want to get into some May Young Classic 2 tournament announcements, even more names announced for the brackets. Ashley Rain, formerly known as Madison Rain on the TNA knockout circuit, another standout talent to me. If you've listened to the show before, I've already given you a favorites list of this tournament that's about a mile long, so I'm just going to spitball some names off the top of my head. Consider them favorites or don't consider them favorites. They are certainly standout performers performers for this tournament. Deanna Parazzo, the Fujiwara armbar specialist and returning NXT TV talent, finally signed full-time to the brand. She is my overall pick, probably, only because she's a local talent. I've seen her on the indie scene before, and I've got nothing but respect and admiration for Parazzo. Hashtag Parazzo or Riot was a big, big part of my Twitter for uh, for a couple weeks over there. I've mentioned Io Shirai, another fantastic Japanese talent gracing the tournament. Former Divas champion Caitlin, returning stars from the WWE United Kingdom Championship tournament, the women's showcase matches over there. These would include Killer Kelly. Tegan Knox, Tony Storm, Zia Brookside, there's so many UK talents. I kind of know that most of those uh, did not make their on-screen presence during the UK tournament, but I've uh, I've already gone too far. Rhea Ripley, Tynera Conti, Mercedes Martinez, people who are returning to the tournament and are current NXT talents, that really means a lot. Mia Yim, I thought Mia Yim from South Korea was another really big standout. It really shows the worldwide appeal that this tournament has. We are seeing women from very different backgrounds and different countries clashing in this tournament, and I could not be happier with the evolution of women's wrestling. That pun was totally intended because the finals of the tournament will culminate from Long Island, New York, at this historic all-women's WWE pay per view. I cannot wait to attend that. If anybody has the hookup on pre-sale tickets, I'm kind of local here in New York, so I should have that information for myself. But please feel free to reach out and give me any sort of edge that you possibly can. The Mae Young Classic 2 is shaping up to be a great and must-watch tournament on the WWE Network. And as much as women's wrestling has been impressive, impressive to me, nothing has been more shocking than the NXT Championship changing hands just last week. Tommaso Ciampa with the shocking and unintentional help from Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano with a vicious blow of the NXT title to Aleister Black's head would pretty much set up the set up the fall of Aleister Black as champion as we see fit. Johnny with that headshot would be tossed unceremoniously from the ring by Champa, and it was all she wrote from there. Double underhook, face buster, 
three counts, new NXT champion, NXT has descended into darkness, not to be confused with fading to black. What do I mean descending into darkness? It's not the apocalypse, it's not the end of NXT television as we know it. No, and I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth on this topic, because Tommaso Ciampa, as champion, is good for the fans, as much as it's bad for the fans. We're going through this emotional heartache and this emotional attachment that we have with Johnny Gargano. Whether it, whether it's the slight bit of disdain and a little bit of salt in the wound that Johnny did provide during that championship match, a win by Tommaso Ciampa and achieving that goal before his former best friend, this is evoking the kind of emotion that professional wrestling should. And nobody is doing it better than NXT right now. I'll get to the three men at the end of the show, and I have a lot to say about the current NXT championship scene. And Tommaso Ciampa, unshockingly, has a lot to say to the NXT universe. So just a quick recap on that title win. May Young Classic News stacking up my list of favorites about three miles long. Yeah, I know, it grew in the past five minutes. I've been sitting here talking to you guys. But May Young Classic 2 shaping up to definitely be something special. Let's jump into the August 1st edition of NXT television, though, and it all kicks off with Mighty vs. Machinery. The formerly known as TM61, Shane Thorne, and Nick Miller, the Mighty refusing to kneel so far to Heavy Machinery. They snuck out a win, which led to this new change in attitude by the Australians, and they managed to, well, allegedly, allegedly attack Tucker Knight in the weight room, and not only that, they might have sacrificed a couple of rare steaks for heavy machinery. The steaks were on the grill. Otis was gung-ho getting those things checked out. Next thing he knows, his boy Tucker Train is down, the Tucker Train derailed from the tracks, and unable to make the last matchup that Mighty had with machinery, unfortunately resulting in a handicap match, and as much as Otis Dozovic has that infectious charisma and astronomical amounts of talent, it just wasn't enough for the size to overcome the numbers game. Mighty would steal a second win. Well, actually, they probably didn't steal that win. They delivered a quite the shot of an uppercut to the back of the head of the dozer. So two stolen wins over machinery, debatable. One certainly a stolen win, and the last one... I guess, machinery just a victim of well-played-out circumstances. Attacking Tucker, but the Tucker train is healthy, the Tucker train is back on the tracks, and it's a two-versus-two contest. I'm going to talk about the impressive display of Tucker Knight, but I want to get back on the infectious charisma of Otis Dozovic. Otis able to take two men and deliver his own form of fun offense. It's undeniable. It's undeniable the Macho Man influence of Otis Dozovic. You hear it in his voice. The way he panders and appeals to the crowd. It's all about the connection with machinery. I don't say this in any insulting way whatsoever, but they can be a mainstay and a real, real big foundation for a solid mid-card tag team. The comedy with them is undeniable. The charisma is infectious, and we know they like to have fun, but there is a mean side to guys of this size. Tucker Knight, all-American wrestler out of Arizona State, I believe 
going there on a scholarship of athletics, of athletics as well. Tucker all around the ring, the power game on display, the speed, the agility. Not just running around the ring fast, but knowing his spot, hopping over the rope, a huge Asai moonsault onto the outside, taking out both members of the Mighty. But Shane Thorne and Nick Miller are mighty mean and annoyingly aggressive. Able to handle their own against the larger opponents, two in-ring veterans, a tag team that has been seen worldwide. No denying their in-ring IQ. No denying their ability. Just get a little bit ticked off at their tactics lately, because this is not the TM61 that debuted on NXT TV. This is the team that's been stealing wins and looking for shortcuts and taking advantage at every possible turn. Tucker appeared to turn it up in that match, but just stopped slightly short at the knee, trying to re-enter the ring. The chop block by Thorne, and Mighty thought it was all she wrote from there, until another team brings the swag. The Prophets would appear in the crowd, rage on the party in Full Sail University, and from there, off the distraction, machinery would start making moves. Otis Dozovic able to flip out Shane Thorne. The legal man is Nick Miller. Miller distracted and Shane Thorne on the outside. It would be all machinery from here. A mighty fine win for the machine for heavy machinery with the compactor. The 600 plus pounds crashing down onto Nick Miller for the three count. Win for machinery and you gotta give the assist to the curse of greatness. In Mont- in Mont- I like to think of Montez Ford as the curse of greatness, but that is Angelo Dawkins' nickname. Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins, the Street Profits, giving Machinery the assist and a little bit of redemption on the Australian tandem as well. Don't forget, the Street Profits are all about getting their own redemption on the Mighty, another team victim of a stolen win by the Mighty. Street Profits and Heavy Machinery both have their bones to pick. The Mighty was able to fall from Machinery with the distraction of Street Profits. Now let's see if Street Profits can get their own form of in-ring redemption over the next number of weeks. I'm really hoping we see the Mighty and the Profits link up in Brooklyn. I'm really hoping that's part of the takeover pre-show, post-show sort of sort of card. I'm hoping these two open two three opening matches that we get before TakeOver. I'm really hoping for some tag team action here because the announcement of the rematch clause cashed in by Mustache Mountain, there's a lot of talent going on in that NXT tag team title picture. I know I'm jumping the gun just a little bit, but there's a lot to talk about in tag team action. We had back-to-back tag team matchups on this edition of NXT TV. We had Mustache Mountain returning to full sale. Tyler Bate and Trent Seven off their five-star matchup against Undisputed Era, unfortunately falling to Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly, and throwing in the towel, literally and figuratively, to lose their NXT Tag Team Championships. But able to get a bit of redemption and back on the path of W's against Matt Knotts, and I thought it was Knox, K-O-N-O-X, but I've been trying to listen to commentary. I watched this match twice, just trying to get the names right. Matt Knotts, K-N-O-T-T-S, and Brandon Taylor, 
would fall to Mustache Mountain. Mustache Mountain, despite the missed time and the heavily, heavily protected knee of Trent Seven, these guys have not missed a beat. Returning to the five-star ground they recently stomped on, were able to stomp out their most recent competition. Knotts and Taylor, though, I'll give them credit. They did attempt to work on that knee, but the success would just not last too long against former tag team champions, two guys who know each other so well. Trent Seven trains Tiger Bait. They know each other's bag of tricks. The chemistry as a team is undeniable, and the tag team tandem offense is also impressive. A burning hammer knee drop would lead to the W. Able to get back on the success track post-match, they are back. Mustache Mountain is back. Trent Seven, very, very heartfelt apology for his shortcomings in the last match. Tyler, understandably explaining why he threw in his towel for his teacher's health. The health of his mentor means absolutely everything to Tyler Bate, but the two Englishmen are on a James Bond-like mission to get their NXT tag team titles back. They want the gold from Undisputed Era. So they're cashing in their tag team title rematch, and TakeOver Brooklyn 4 will have a five-star repetition, I hope, between Undisputed Era and Mustache Mountain. Tyler Bate, Trent Seven, versus Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly. This time I get to see it in person. I was sitting here jumping around my couch, flailing all over the place, just watching it on TV. The emotional evocation from that match was too much for me watching it on TV. I can only imagine what sort of spotlight this match will shine on the NXT Tag Team titles. I love tag team wrestling. Some of you guys out there might disagree with me. That's fine. There's plenty of facets of pro wrestling to love. But the NXT NXT Tag Team title division, with that last five-star match, you should be sold on the Mustache Mountain and Undisputed Era Rivalry and me sitting here talking about it ad nauseum probably won't change your mind, but please keep an open mind going into what TakeOver will be and how special of a performance we may have in store for us. Now going from the finest in a non-sarcastic sense to the finest in a nickname and slightly sarcastic sense coming from myself, no, not not slightly at all, it, it's kind of a chore to talk about a Kona Reeves match even if it's against the top one percenter in EC3. You guys don't know me for any cynicism, but I'm going to point out flaws in character work or in-ring performance because it's not fair if I'm sitting here just giving you the good stuff. You got to see both sides of the product. And right now, I don't know what anybody is seeing in Kona Reeves. I don't know why this gimmick was greenlit when we have EC3 EC3 as the the ideal rich man of NXT. We have Tino Sabatelli, who fits the look way better, who already has the money and the fame and the gloat to go on. Y- you show the Maserati each and every week. He's already doing finer work than Kona Reeves is. I'm going to digress away from Tino because we haven't seen Tino on NXT TV. He's probably another one really tightening the screws and putting things together. The last we saw of him was the unfortunate split, depending on how you look at it, 
of the big money athletes, splitting with Riddick Moss and leaving his boy hanging. But enough about rich guy gimmicks, let's get this match out of the way. NX3 takes on Kona Reeves. EC3 unimpressed with the finest, calling his hair something funny and saying he's got fake jackets and fake chains and... Listen, the delusion of grandeur with Kona Reeves can totally be true. We saw him as a psychotic Hawaiian. He goes off for a few months. Do you really think he piled up that much cash and was able to pay for those diamonds all by himself? I kind of think a trust fund kid gimmick, a I don't really have a self-made riches, I'm just kind of fortunately inheriting these sort of things. I think it's another layer and it could actually distinguish him from the other we have lots of money gimmicks that we've seen on NXT going back to the most one of the more recent heel champions in uh in the Gories one Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode probably the pinnacle. This is my NXT. I'm gonna make this for the Manhattan elites, for the top brass and the top one percent of the entire world. So EC three probably picking up those definitely picking up those reins way better than Kona Reeves has. But I won't sit here and groan. I'm just going to point out the highlights and the mostly low points of this one. Kona Reeves fell during the big boot again. He fell during a big boot again. If you're a guy this big and you want to make that a, a real, real focal point of your offense, either show intention with the sliding knee like Luke Harper does, or stay on your feet when you're throwing a boot of that size. What? Why? Show the intent. Show that you're sliding into it. Show the finesse that you might have at the end of it. Don't. Either stay on your feet or show that there's some intention to you falling down. It's it's just, I'm really tired of the botched boots. Trying to catch the opponent off the top rope. Yeah, that one looked a lot worse. This one did not look as worse as his past big boot botches, but I was just, I'm wondering, I'm wondering what's going on back there. Kona Reeves with some Million Dollar Man-inspired offense, if I could drift away from that big boot mercifully for a second. Uh, the Cobra Clutch definitely being applied. Watching the footage of the Million Dollar Man, I know uh, Percy Watson and Nigel McGinnis have both alluded to this the past couple times we've seen Reeves on television. But EC3 was able to fire back after the short-lived advantage. But the dream... The Velveteen Dream, EC3's former partner from the WWE United Kingdom Championship NXT Showcase. Dream would appear, allowing you to bask in the experience that is the Velveteen Dream. And just when you think that this distraction might have led to a not victory after victory after victory after victory for EC3. Reeves almost taking full advantage and hitting the the drop. It, it wasn't it wasn't his face busting Samoan drop that he deemed the Hawaiian drop. EC3 kind of fell on his side, so I guess that might have been the saving grace of why the three count wasn't there, or that was just me subtly complaining about another Kona Reeves botched move. I don't know. It, it could be. It could be either way, EC3 able to save himself by falling on his back and just saving the matchup for himself. That's the way I'm going to tell it. 
But EC3 would later on able to deliver the TKO, the 1%, the T-K-O-N-E-P-E-R-C-E-N-Z, the TKO 1%, I don't know, I'm trying to think of, trying to think of finisher names here that isn't just 1%. Not my job to name the moves, only to give you the feedback. EC3 able to deliver that TKO and able to rack up the victory after his victories, after his victory, after his victory, after his victory, after his victory. But post-match, post-match, EC3 confirming that he will join and he will be open to basking in the experience of the Velveteen Dream. Now, between now and Brooklyn, I totally, totally expect EC3 to make a VD joke here and there. I mean, we already heard, we heard on tonight's promo, the BDE of NXT, which felt so seamless into the promo, and I just started rolling with laughter. The clever wordplay and undeniable humor of EC3, as much as you can take him seriously as a top competitor, the guy honestly has it all. He's got the look, he's got the charisma, he's got the talents. I am a big fan of NX3, and him versus Velveteen Dream, it has potential to be the match of the night at TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Finally confirmed by William Regal. I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit to some confirmed matches in this one. TakeOver Brooklyn getting even bigger. Dream and EC3 announced. Mustache Mountain confirming that they will cash in their rematch clause against the Undisputed Era, but that's not all. Due to their constant confrontation of Undisputed Era, more specifically Adam Cole, it will be Adam Cole, baby taking on Ricochet, baby, for the North American Championship. The first time the title will be decided in a one-on-one matchup at an NXT TakeOver event. Gonna be huge. Gonna be all spotlights on there. Can Undisputed Era hold on to their gold and leave New York with those titles? Lots of questions going on to TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Huge card announced so far. I'm going to give you guys the rundown at the end of the show, but let's jump in to the very important women's matchup of this evening. It's Candice confronting the bully when Candice LeRae takes on defending NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler in a non-title matchup. This one was all about self-respect and redeeming. Scratch that. Maybe not to prove that she's not an underdog. Maybe just to prove that She's not as she's not as small physically as she is in the ring, and she is with the heart. And Baszler, Baszler just does not take Candice seriously at the beginning of this matchup. Baszler would offer Candice LeRae an out. She would hold open the ropes, but Candice would not answer kindly. Candice answering with a series of drop kicks, but Baszler would handle Candice on the outside. It was a back-and-forth matchup. The real... Moral to this story is, stand up to the bully. Punch the bully in the face. I was rooting for Candice really hard on this one, but I don't expect Baszler going into Brooklyn to be taking any sort of loss on NXT television, but a great matchup between these two ladies. Candice would not quit. Candice does not quit despite a hurt shoulder and a repeated attack on the arm vis-a-vis Dakota Kai. That same arm stomp that victimized Dakota Kai 
would be repeated on Candice LeRae. But Candice would defy Shayna with a slap and a one-armed assault on the NXT Women's Champion. High-risk maneuvers as well. Moonsault, springboards, suicide dives. Candice LeRae laid it all out in the ring tonight. And this would not be the first time these two ladies matched up. The Mae Young Classic inaugural tournament. Mae Young Classic won Candice LeRae versus Shayna Baszler in some of the later brackets of the of that last tournament. It was not the first time that these two locked up, but it was a callback counter to that very match. A callback counter into the Kira Fuda clutch. Fortunately, LeRae was able to break out of this one. LeRae, unfortunately, though, nobody home when she was able to build up ahead of steam and attempt to deliver the LeRae Lion Salt, as I have deemed it, but a penalty kick to Akira Fuda clutch after nobody home would seal the victory for Shayna. Not a decisive victory, not a dominant victory, but a win for the champion nonetheless, and a great showcase of talent for Candice LeRae. Candice would prove that she would not back down. I'm not sure if anybody could hear the background noise coming from my backyard right now, so I'm just going to try my best to talk over it and really get to the end of this matchup. Shayna Baszler would not leave, would not leave well enough alone, would not leave just satisfied with the victory. Another attempt at a post-match assault by Shayna Baszler would be stopped by Kyrie Sane, the pirate princess looking possessed at the sight of Shayna. Kyrie coming to the aid of Candice and attempting to back down the champion. Stopping the post-match assault, but a cheap shot. Also, Shayna Baszler just wants to take any physical or mental advantage she possibly could going in to take over Brooklyn 4. A May Young Classic 1 rematch for the NXT Women's title in Brooklyn. It will be Kyrie Sane taking on Shayna Baszler. And this segment really gave me callbacks to the Ember Moon rivalry with Shayna Baszler. I'm not I'm not gonna talk down about a a confrontation and something to a, a saving story and stopping the bully sort of vibe that I'm getting from this. But as it stands, at 12 noon on Thursday, August 2nd, 2018, just a couple weeks away, well, 16 days, but who's counting? Well, 16 days and 7 hours, I'll be sitting there in anticipation in the Barclays Center. But who's counting? Right now, at this very point, I'm not seeing much to distinguish this rivalry between the two former Mae Young Classic finalists and the war goddess, Ember Moon and Shayna Baszler. Right now, it's just replacing Dakota Kai with Candice LeRae. Yes, Candice has stood up to Shayna more than Dakota Kai has, but the post-match and the saves? Over the next couple episodes of NXT TV, I'm going to really have to see something to make Kyrie stand out from past aggressors towards Shayna Baszler. Ember Moon not afraid to back down. Kyrie Sane looking like she's not afraid to save others in the face of what is right. So, I mean, it's I can see the parallels. I just I, I kind of want something to distinguish from the two separate rivalries here. 
But from women's confrontation to tag team confrontations, the War Raiders confronting Mustache Mountain and say it doesn't matter who wins at TakeOver Brooklyn. TakeOver Brooklyn, whoever's waiting in the wings, will apparently be victimized by the War Raiders. War Raiders don't care who it is. They don't care if they have to confront Undisputed Era. They don't care if they have to take down Mustache Mountain. They want those titles. The Vikings are pillaging for some gold. Boy, these Brooklyn Build episodes tend to be a little bit longer, and uh, my rambling just goes on more than expected if you've listened to the show before. But take over Brooklyn, this road, it's, it's always been special to me. It's been special to me since June of 2015. Since I got the announcement that NXT is taking takeovers outside of Full Sail University for the very first time, and it's going to be just over the bridge from me, it's it's like a WrestleMania weekend. TakeOver Brooklyn for the past three years has been something special and near and dear to my heart, and I could not be happier that I get to share it with you guys for a second. For a second year, 2016, if you listen to my builds, that's just when the show was... Fairly in its infancy, it's almost a year later, and I like to think that it's it's leaps and bounds in performances on my end and the brand of NXT developing as well. So I'm proud to be here with you. Thank you for listening to me on this road to Brooklyn. I'm trying to drop a little bit of positivity before I talk to about before I talk about this next segment, which features the new NXT champion Tommaso Champ. Uh, Live in Full Sail University. And disdain by the NXT audience is my favorite theme in professional wrestling right now. The deafening boos, the shut the hell up, asshole, fuck you, champa. There's some things I won't say on my show, but I just have to quote the NXT audience here. Although shut the hell up, getting a little bit of a peachy modifier from the ECW chant of shut the fuck up. Not sure how I feel about that full sale uh, vulgarity. Vulgarity, you won't have to look much further than a hostile New York crowd, especially with a lot of Brooklynites. Tommaso Ciampa is going to get quite the earful of Brooklynese um, when he uh, when he makes his way as champion into the Barclays Center. Brooklynese is use uh, and over theirs and uh, forget about it and uh, whatever you and. Uh, I don't know, it's it's just, you'll hear it when you see it. You'll hear it when you see it. Does, does that make any sense? Let's drift into, let's drift into this promo. I deserve it. He was talking to the title at one point, saying how happy and a match made in heaven, and we really are the perfect couple and made for each other. I deserve you. And dropping the all-too-heel-champion-famous phrase, of this is my NXT. All I need is one moment. And he's a man of his word. He took advantage of one moment of chaos. One second of Johnny Gargano's judgment being blurred. And he took full advantage. NXT Championship. Around the shoulder of Tommaso Ciampa. It's undeniable. He's the top of the mountain. He's at the head of the table and just soaks in the absolute disdain by the audience. I, I can't think of any any real 
real word past hatred and disdain that the audience has. Well, a majority of the audience, believe it or not, there's some yes chants going on in Full Sail. There's always people who like to be against the grain. I know my boy Nick over at Who Got Next is more than happy about Tommy Entertainment's NXT Championship reign. Not everybody feels that way. Full Sail Faithful, member of Team NXT. Some of you may know her as the famous grandma of the NXT audience. Her name is Anita Smith. She's a active Twitter follower of mine. She's got talent and a smile that's quite infectious, laughing in the face of Tommaso Ciampa. Full Sail had none of it. Anita having none of it. Despite the fact that Tommaso Ciampa tried to chew, tried to chew her ear off about how he is her NXT champion. But, the guy who ended the Gargano fairy tale, he beat Johnny with his hands tied behind his back. He pinned Aleister Black for the first time one-on-one action. Right now, like it or not, he is at the top of the mountain. He is the head of the table in NXT. But, all of this would mercifully not go unnoticed by Johnny Gargano, well, by Aleister Black really first. We heard the Dutch Destroyers music hit, but then Johnny Gargano would sprint towards the ring to confront his former DIY tag team partner. Johnny putting the fists to Champa's face. Champa able to escape by the skin of his teeth. Johnny picking up that microphone and beating down the point. This is not your NXT. As long as I breathe, you are only champion because of me. You are champion because of me. You are champion because of me. We didn't forget it. Aleister Black certainly did not forget it. A black mass spinning heel kick delivered with formidable force to Gargano's jaw. And probably the most shocking moments in all of NXT this week. And that includes a... A pretty stacked card of TakeOver being announced. And this was still the most shocking moment. A black mask to Johnny Gargano. Followed by a You Deserve It chant. From Full Sail. I'm speechless too, Team NXT. You deserve a shattering kick to your face, Gargano. Full Sail. Not as forgiving. About that title win and that clouded moment of judgment in Gargano's head. Aleister Black also acknowledging it. Aleister saying Gargano is right. And who knows what's going to happen heading towards TakeOver Brooklyn. Aleister Black, yes, will probably cash in his rematch clause. But where does Johnny Gargano fit in the grand scheme of things? Does Gargano get his moment of redemption? All matches... Besides that NXT Championship match were officially announced this week. I cannot wait to see where the main NXT title picture goes. What sort of... What does Aleister Black have in store, not just for the man who took his title, but for the man responsible for his title being lost? What is past this Black mess? Aleister Black is not a man who's good. He's not a man with evil intentions. But he will do what's right by himself. We have chaotic good in Johnny Gargano. We have the chaotic evil 
in Tommaso Ciampa, and we have this chaotic neutral and gray area known as Aleister Black. Folks, the Brooklyn hype train has left the station and smacked me square in the chest, and I'm so happy I can I can take you all on this journey with me. It will be my fourth NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn. I've been there since the inauguration. It's it's a WrestleMania weekend for me, guys. I, I can't emphasize how hyped I am. I'm going way over time than I do usually with this show because of how excited I am for this event. And I'm not just excited for TakeOver Brooklyn itself, the road leading up to it, and the very events after TakeOver Brooklyn 4 leading up to it. I have a huge predictions show with Mr. Warren Hayes. Mr. Warren Hayes, a very avid wrestling fan, at M-R-W-A-R-R-E-N-H-A-Y-E-S. Yes, the last name is just like Michael. Be sure to give Mr. Warren Hayes a follow. Check out his YouTube channel. He's got some charisma. He's got some humor. Me and him deliver the show in very similar ways, I noticed. We, uh, we both seem to have a very similar sense of humor and perspective on things. This is why I'm very excited to work with him. We're going to have a lot of confronting thoughts. There's going to be a lot of back and forth. There's going to be a lot of entertaining. And the predictions show for TakeOver Brooklyn is always one of my favorites to do, especially when I could get some collaboration work with other podcast informants. It's going to be awesome. Warren, if you're out there listening, I cannot wait to collaborate with you, buddy. An awesome job on the Raw and SmackDown Live reviews for this week. What else we got going on? We have the Summertacular with with Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler stand-up set at Caveat New York City. And if Dolph Ziggler being there is not enough of a selling point, check out my friends over at Comedians of Wrestling Podcast at C-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Lots of humor. Fellow Jabroniacs, go check that out. Go support the show. $15 advanced tickets. $15 tickets for a huge NXT TakeOver after party. What are you waiting for? Get on Caveat New York City's site. Eventbrite, I believe, is the way that the tickets are being sold. You could check out the blog posts by Comedians of Wrestling. You could check out their show. You could check out the Comedians of Wrestling Facebook group. If you want to request to join there and get any more information on the events, you'll find me constantly responding on the humorous posts up there. SummerSlam weekend is not just huge because of the wrestling going on, but there's plenty to do in New York City as well. Say what's up to me. Say what's up to any of my other friends. Don't forget, before NXT TakeOver Brooklyn... Right between that prediction show and the comedy show, you have the We Got Next meetup. I think I'm getting the name right. The Summer Rants. Let's call it Summer Rants. The overall Summer Rant weekends with Rant with Ant, Who Got Next, Kings of Wrestling. There's there's just so much talent on the Wrestle Addicts radio. I cannot wait to meet up with those guys as well. That will be at McMahon's Public House. August 18th, right before NXT TakeOver. I'm not entirely sure what time the guys plan on getting there. I know me myself. Probably going to be hanging out from about 2 p.m. until doors open. If that's the official time, great. If not, uh, please reach out and uh, you guys can uh, 
can go ahead and prove me wrong on that one. But get in with hashtag Summer Rant. Get your tickets for Summertacular. And please make sure to tune in to the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4 Prediction Show with me and Mr. Warren Hayes. That's enough cheap plugs for events right now. Social media wrap-up at podcast underscore UF is my Twitter. You'll find my main roster and SummerSlam coverage there. I'm always live tweeting Raw and SmackDown when I have the chance, as well as spoiler-free NXT television live tweeting. I'm probably going to stop live tweeting the, uh, the days when the tapings get done because the last spoiler of the NXT championship changing, that, uh, that really turned me off to the idea personally. But please follow the other social media as well. Look me up on Facebook and probably more importantly and entertaining wise, follow the Instagram at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word. You'll see pictures of me. You'll see pictures of the events I'm doing. You'll see pictures of my dog. Colin, the team mascot of Team NXT, who is currently taking a nap. I guess I, uh, I guess I bored him to death with the amounts of NXT talk I've been doing here for wow, past 42 minutes. We're going a little bit over time here, Team NXT. Thank you for joining me in the discussion. Whether it's your commute to work, your walk to class, you're just sitting around and want to hear some NXT thoughts. Whatever your reason may be, I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for listening to me. We are Team NXT for a reason. I could not do this show without your support. The road to Brooklyn has a lot of roadblocks, but we're going to barrel right through them. The hype train has left the station, and I really hope it's hitting you in the sweet spot. I am CD Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT coverage. Don't forget that in addition to basking in the experience of the Velveteen Dream, next week we will have the opportunity to bask in the glory of NXT debuting. Keith Lee and Ricochet will also be in action. Thank you once again, and have a great week. 